This is Glenn Crooks on Frame. Media Day in the West Village for New York City FC. I've got Keaton Parks and Sean Johnson, who I spoke to one-on-one. Uh, the Pigeons coming off that regular season opener in Columbus. Maxime Shadow's early red and a one nothing defeat to the Crew SC. It's Toronto up next on Saturday in Ontario, then back to the CONCACAF Champions League where Tigris awaits in the first leg of that quarterfinal next Tuesday at Red Bull Arena. In a bit, Keaton Parks and his decision to sign on a permanent transfer from Benfica and also his desire to score more goals. But first up, goalkeeper Sean Johnson, who among other things talks about playing again at the rival Red Bull Arena. Well, Sean, uh, before we get to uh, what the rest of the season might look like, I'm uh, curious about your thoughts of the opener. You know, I I don't know how often in your career you've uh, been in a match simply where you've been a man down and had to deal with that, but has it ever come so early in the match for you personally? No, I think that's probably probably the earliest, I think, personally, that I've experienced going down a man uh, so early in the match. But I think we uh, we did a pretty good job of, of of battling and fighting given the circumstances, and wasn't easy by any means. But um, you know, it was it was a bit unfortunate to not get out of there with the result. Yeah, and I I think uh, I, well, I know teams prepare in their training, playing a man down, playing a man up, but when it happens that early, it's almost uh, it's almost shocking. It's like, well, wow. <laughs> the game just started. Regular season opener. I, I would imagine it. It would take, uh, you know, it take a little something to to just get over it right away and figure it out. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really have much time to uh, to kind of think about it. You know, it's uh, you know, it's, a, it's another game. It's another you know important moment that you have to kind of manage as a player. But you know, like I said, you make the best of of what the the given scenario is. And at that point, the the name of the game was was managing with 10 men, uh, being disciplined, being organized, and just kind of uh, seeing the game out, um, seeing it as, as it played out for, for the course of the next 90 minutes being down a man. But um, like I said, the, the guys battled really hard, and uh, I think it's not something that we should hang our heads about. No, and, and I think uh, when you uh, consider the first two matches, CONCACAF Champions League, and even down a man uh, first half, how the team played. You had two attempts on frame. They only had one. Corners were 1-1. One, one. So it was, a, it was a fairly even game in that first half. Yeah, I think, you know, there, there were moments in the game um, that presented themselves. You know, we just needed a little bit of, you know, a little bit of fortune in, in a game like that to, to maybe nick a goal or, um, you know, keep the, keep, the, keep the ball in the back of the net. We did a really good job of limiting opportunities um, and creating a couple here or there. So we had a little bit of, you know, a ray of hope, if you would. You know, end of the first half, going in 0-0 zero, zero is really not a bad bad place to be, um, being on the road, being down a man for the entire half. So, yeah, it was it was uh, an interesting game, a fun one to play in. But, like I said, you know, a little bit disappointing not to be on the other end of the result. But, hey, that's... Uh, that's another you know, valuable experience that we can we can take and and use going forward this year. Well, the team has experienced the Concacaf Champions League for the first time, and you yourself individually, uh, you're the the elder statesman on the team. But still, this was this was new for you. So, you got through the round of sixteen. Tell us about those first two legs. Uh, very different environments, including an environment where you're playing at your rival stadium. But what was that like overall? 
yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, it was a new experience. It was a new challenge, I think, to go down and, and be in a country in CONCACAF, being in the, a CONCACAF venue, um, experiencing that for the first time, I think, as a group collectively was was really important uh, for us to, to go down and manage and, you know, to win to win a game at that. I think we probably the only MLS team to go down and win away um, in the first round of CONCACAF. So um, I was, was happy, happy that we could, we could take those experiences, learn from them, and, uh, and now going into the next round against a strong opponent like Tigres, we'll have that um, in, our, in our back pocket as experience. And I'm um, looking forward to the new challenge that that will face going down to a different country um, against a stronger opponent and, uh, and doing what it takes to, to come out successful. Yeah, and well, that second leg, uh, you got a clean sheet, uh, a really uh, well-controlled 1-0 win to advance 6-3 on aggregate. It was played at Red Bull Arena. We spoke to you before that match, and, and you were you were pretty adamant that you, you, you hoped that the supporters maybe would reconsider this boycott, uh, third rail and the supporters groups in particular. Uh, they did not, although some of them did show, and although a small but energetic crowd at Red Bull Arena. But the team played well there, you have to say. And now you've got the supporters back. They've uh, they've lifted the ban. So uh, what does the team think about that? Yeah, you know, I think the team, uh, you know, I can speak for myself and uh, the boys feel the same way. We're, we're definitely happy to have happy to have the fans behind us. You know, the, there are a ton of fans out and, you know, support our last match there. And, um, you know, as players, you want to approach every game the same. And, and you know, especially – a home game, having having the ability to have our fans behind us and have that type of support um, is is crucial, you know. And uh, we wanted to feel like a proper home match, and you know, we, we deal with the circumstances as they pop up, and um, you know, we we want to give ourselves the best chance to advance to the next round, and and to have that happen, I think we we need to have as much support as possible, and we're we're happy that um, we're happy that we'll have uh, have a lot more um, familiar faces in our fans uh, behind us. And can you say unequivocally that having having the supporters there in, in a, as, as full an amount as, as you're going to, uh, that there is an extra bit of energy that, that really sincerely, that, that could push you through maybe through a difficult moment or push you through to a victory at the end? Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, these, these games are, these games are, you know, uh, especially CONCACAF games are uh, pretty big on momentum and you know, the shifts in the games, you can start to feel the energy in the crowd and um, can't, can't tell you how many times that, you know, our, our, our fans have kind of willed us on to, to go on and will, to win games, um, give us that little little extra push that we've that we've needed. So um, it'll be it'll be great to have them. And uh, yeah, I think they know how important they are to us. You know, we we can't stress that enough, um, but just uh, just fortunate to play and play at a great club with great fans. And this is another opportunity to, to come out and full force and, and really put a stamp on on, on this being um, being a competition that we have a really good chance of advancing. Sean, I asked you this once before, uh, but this is maybe a different audience that might hear your response. Uh, you have a new coach, Ronnie Dyla. He's the fourth coach in six years now uh, with the club. It's uh, your third coach, uh, someone who has survived early. The only staff member who has survived from the start is the goalkeeper coach, Rob Vartugian. Uh, and, you know, having him there and uh, that kind of consistency, what does that mean to you and the other goalkeepers? Yeah, it means the world um, to have to have a guy that for me has been, been instrumental since my time you know, being here um, at New York City Football Club, 
um, he's been he's been unbelievable with myself and all the other goalkeepers. Um, we you know we remember the first time I got to the club and sat down and had a candid chat with Rob um, and uh, you know honest discussion about you know what it was going to take to get me to, to the next level and I was committed 100% to doing what was that whatever was necessary and we've uh, we've grown together um, you know through our experiences here through through different coaching staff. I'm happy to have him um, as long as possible. He's uh, he's he's definitely um, one of the best I've ever had, and um, you know I, I want to make sure that we continue to, to get better um, as a pair. And I know that he'll he'll continue to give everything to not only the goalkeepers but but the team and the club. So I'm definitely happy to have him. I'm curious. So one area of improvement that's been noted by. Uh, the national team coach, Greg Burhalter, who has uh, called you in recently, and that's good news for you and I, I think good news for our country. But he has specifically referred to your feet since that's the way uh, his method is to play uh, around the back and through the keeper. And uh, when I think we look at your distribution, uh, what do you think between the time you arrived at New York City FC and now? Yeah, I think uh, the, the coaching style um, since I've been here, the playing style has been one that that called for you know goalkeepers to play out of the back and you know, I've embraced that challenge. It's something that I've been able to do, but now uh, being asked to do it in games um, as as a way we we build and uh, advance the ball from from back to front is uh, is able me to to kind of to showcase uh, that part of my game. Um, it's just something that you know you work on work on day in and day out, and uh, you know you make you make it something that's that's a part of your your DNA and. I've been fortunate to play the club where um, it allows me to, to do that, um, but it's definitely been uh, been a fun fun process over the years. And what it seems to be, uh, Sean, is that you will play more balls out of the back that are you could consider brave, like little clipped balls, whether it's with the right or the left, and they're arriving with accuracy. That's the thing I've really noticed is some of those type of balls. Yeah, you know, it's uh, there's there's plenty of different ways that you can. Uh, you can play play a ball in a game, you know, whether you're driving it, passing it inside of your foot, from your hands, uh, from your, you know, there's a mul- multiple different multiple different ways that you can uh, you can play a ball. So just being being accurate and, and giving, you know, the, the next player the best chance to to advance the ball and find the pass is, is a really important thing as well. You know, not just how good a pass looks is is finding the right option as well. All right, final thought. Uh, you've got a uh, b- disappointing uh, opener, the result there in Columbus, the man down for 87, 88 minutes. Now you go into Toronto, and the last time you faced them, I I would imagine that's one of the more disappointing moments uh, for you and, and the players that have been around for a while, losing in that Eastern Conference semifinal, the uh, the knockout game. So uh, is, that, is that serving as a little bit of uh, inspiration, or do you remember that game, and will that be uh, – uh, maybe it doesn't have to be spoken, but you feel like it's instilled. Yeah, obviously it left a bad taste in our mouths, but um, you know, it's. I think for us, looking looking at it one game at a time, you know, um, not putting too much emphasis on uh, you know this being the team that that knocked us out. Um, I think you know for us, we have a lot of games coming up quick and fast, and if we approach things one game at a time, I think. Um, you know, to be a successful team, you have to approach every game professionally in the right manner. So we approach Columbus in the right way. We'll approach Toronto in the right way. And then going into Champions League, we'll look to approach those games in the right way as well. Uh, he's the elder statesman on the New York City squad, Sean Johnson. He'll turn 31 on May the 31st. The only first team member with at least 100 appearances in MLS. He's got 270. 
contrast that with Keaton Parks. He entered in the second half against Columbus, his 23rd game with City and MLS. The 22-year-old is up next. We really haven't had a chance to, to chat since uh, your decision to return and uh, the permanent transfer uh, from Benfica. So uh, if I could look back along with you to that uh, moment, um, what were some of the things that, uh, I mean, that it, it, the decision came a little later down the road, and, and, but what are some of the considerations that would, uh, that would bring you back to New York City? Uh, what, what kinds of things uh, were you thinking about that led to that decision? My year last year was, was amazing, and um, I, I met a lot of great people. The players are, were always so friendly, and the staff and everybody that I met was, was always so friendly. Um, and I really love like the organization itself. Um, I mean, they, they always treated me right and welcomed me with open arms and, um, all of that played a part as well as the fact that they, that they wanted me here, you know, and I think every, every soccer player can, can attest that, that they want to be somewhere where they're wanted and where they're getting playing time and where the, the club has confidence in them. Um, so, I mean, of course that, that played a big part in my decision to stay here as well. I think, uh, and, Correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe one of the uh, stimulations to uh, come from Benfica on loan to New York City FC in the first place was to hopefully get more playing time on the first team level. But last year at the beginning, that wasn't the case. So there was a, was there ever a period of time where you there, there was a sense of frustration and it's like almost I know you have to earn it, so I'm not saying that, but but where you were like, boy, I came here to play more and, and I'm I'm kind of in this situation where I'm not. Uh, yeah, I mean not necessarily because of my alone situation, but just because I wasn't playing, I was a little frustrated. Um, obviously we all, we all just want to play. And that's like why we, why we do this every day. And um, of course it, w it was frustrating at the beginning of the season. Um, and it wasn't always easy uh, to get through, but um, that's just part of part of soccer and, and every player has gone through it. And um, you just have to keep fighting and working hard until your opportunity comes. And then, earn your spot every every day I, I i suppose there's a certain amount of trust you have to have with your coaching staff and the head coach in particular that if you're performing whether it's in training or the few minutes that you get that you'll be rewarded if if you deserve to be out there yeah um for sure i mean if you if you're going uh every day playing your best and, and working your hardest um it's definitely even more frustrating when you're when you're not getting playing time um but you also have to consider how everybody else is performing and whether or not we're getting results or in the games. And um, as long as all the players are working their hardest and, and getting the result, then then not playing, like then you can understand why you're on the bench or, or whatever the, the case is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not playing is always frustrating, um, but you just, you just have to keep working hard at it. Um, keep working every day. And, and hopefully the coaches are, are rewarding the players that, that are putting in the work. What I remember is you got your chance in the U.S. Open Cup, which uh, for many young players and maybe reserves or those not getting uh, major minutes, that sometimes is the opportunity, and you really took full advantage of it. And what I recall, the former coach, Dome Turan, after those performances, he had a bit of a difficult time taking you off the field. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's just how it is. You know, uh, I had to take advantage of my opportunity, and I, I think I did a great job, and um, and after that, it, it wasn't just like I had my spot. I had to keep earning it every game and, and every performance. And, um, and I think everybody on the team knows that um, with Dome and I think with Ronnie as well, um, we have to put in the work and we have to have to show up to every game and every moment. 
And as long as we're doing that and as long as we're fighting to earn our spot, then we'll then we'll keep it. So how uh, under Ronnie uh, Dyla, the new coach, since it's your second coach in two years, some of your teammates have had three coaches in three years. Uh, what uh, is uh, your take on how it's going with him, some of the things he's introduced to the team? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed it a lot so far. Um, uh, Ronnie's a great coach, and he's very exciting, a very exciting coach, and he has a lot of energy. And um, I think that directly translates into, into the players. And um, I really like his style and, and his excitement uh, during every game and every training. And I, uh, I've really enjoyed it so far, and I think uh, the whole team has. So your, uh, your own uh, position now within, um, you know, being a starter or reserve, we've seen a midfield of, uh, of uh, James Sands, uh, Alex Ring, Maxi Morales. So obviously a lot of competition there. Sands played a lot of uh, central defense last year, uh, which may have opened up things for you as well. So how are you looking at the, uh, within the team concept, the, the competitive uh, flavor in there and your chance to get uh, back in the midfield again? Yeah, I mean, there's, it's always great to have competition uh, in your position. I mean, sometimes that means you don't get your playing time, but um, at the same time, it makes you... Uh, a better player if you're fighting every day in training to, to earn your spot. Um, and I think it just makes us all better players. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just good competition with the new player as well. Uh, coming in as a center midfielder, that'll just be one more player on the roster that that's trying to fight for his spot. And um, I think it just helps me grow more as a player and um, hopefully I can uh, work hard and, and earn my spot um, and help the team out. Well, Ronnie, when we spoke to him uh, earlier in the uh uh, preseason or maybe when the season had first started, uh, very complimentary about you as a player. Uh, he did say one thing. He said, uh, I- I'd like to see him score more. I would imagine you <laughs> you feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think I get into great spots and, and have great chances to score. Um, and, yeah, I have not uh, scored many goals for the club so far, but I am working on that. And uh, I'm just going to keep getting into those same spots and training more with uh, finishing and after training, individual training and uh, getting those getting those uh, shots correct. And hopefully that can translate into more goals in the games. Well, you had a big chance on a set piece where you headed it over the bar, but there was a foul called on the play. But noting again that you got inside your defender, Alexander Collins got inside the defender twice to score a couple of uh, set piece goals in the CONCACAF Champions League. Ronnie Dyla has talked about how uh, he feels that that's got to be better, something from a year ago that he observed, that not enough set-piece goals. Do you Have you felt that emphasis, and, and what do you think has changed there? Because there certainly have been better opportunities. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely put a lot of emphasis on it, um, and we've already scored twice. Kyans has two goals on set-pieces so far, and even my, uh, my chance in the last game was just a, another uh, – uh, yeah, it just shows that we've been working on it a lot, um, and the – the guys serving the ball have been working on their part and then we've been working on our aggressiveness and getting in the right spots in the box as well. Um, and I think it's definitely going to translate in a lot of goals this year um, because we have a lot of big guys and a lot of uh, guys that are good in the air. And I think that'll, it's definitely going to translate into goals this year. So the two things you really said there, it's sort of the, the delivery and, and where it's placed and then how, uh, how well you can get to the spot or maybe how aggressively, I'm not sure what word you would use. Yeah, uh, I think last year we struggled with the delivery. Um, guys were just trying to whip it in as hard as they could, and they, they were getting it cleared out of the front post a lot. Um, but uh, Ronnie's put a lot of emphasis on that and just getting it into the right spot and then 
um, we're doing our part in the box to get into that right spot and, and to finish our chances. And, uh, I mean, so far it's shown and it's going to continue to, to show. Bit of an odd, yeah. yeah. It was a bit of an odd opener uh, against Columbus, uh, Keaton. Uh, you came in uh, in the second half. Uh, your team played down a man for about eighty-eight minutes. So, what was it like uh, on the pitch uh, as you were trying to uh, desperately get that equalizer and get out of there with a point, even though you were uh, in that man-down situation? Yeah, I mean it was difficult. Um, going down that early is always difficult. Um, but even after that, the whole eighty-seven minutes. Um, with a man down, I think we, we still deserved a point out of that game. We put in a, a great performance and we created our chances and we just couldn't uh, finish them. But um, I think we we definitely deserved a point. It was just unlucky, um, unfortunate that we, we couldn't uh, convert a goal and, and tie it up. So Parks and New York City will try to get their first MLS win in 2020 on Saturday. It's an 8 p.m. kickoff in Toronto. The Reds playing San Jose to a 2-2 draw in their opener. For Pro Soccer USA, this is Glenn Crooks on Frame.